Welcome to Dollar Bin Sims. <laughs> that's right. Um, can we smoke with a lighter that's not a Zippo? Do, is there a non-Zippo? Does someone have a non-Zippo non lighter? No. Nope. This is how eyebrows go away. <laughs> you don't need eyebrows. Eyebrows are really... <laughs> highly overrated. They're not really necessary. <laughs> no. You can't... Didn't you play this record? No, I did not. I purposely, the last time we did a Star Trek, Star Wars uh, <laughs> episode. It's all right. George Sakai wants peace between the countries. Yeah, peace between the Star Trek and the Star Wars. <laughs> it's Twilight. It's everybody against Twilight. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, last time, A, I couldn't find my Mecco record. And B, <laughs> I was like, everyone's heard the Mecco record. We don't need to do the Mecco record. But I thought that... Mecco was the first instance of, of these records, the Rave Wars thing, mm -hmm. if you kind of think about it. Right. Because it was the dance music of the time. Yeah, let's get true. some disco action. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Let's, let's filter Star Wars through the disco. You got some really good breakdowns on this, too. Like, you know, disco never died, it never went away. You just don't. Became retro. Retro. It just turned into house. Well, it's kind of the thing. Well, there's, still, there's still disco. And Disco spawned house, Disco spawned jungle, yeah. Disco spawned trance, Disco eh, yeah. electro, Disco hip hop came from Disco. Everything can trace back to Disco, except for rock and roll, which traces back blues to the blues. Now, catch. It, does um does a music musical genre not become respected until it's been called retro or classical? I don't give a shit about that. Because like classic yeah. rock, like classic music, retro 80s, classic yeah. 80s. I've lost respect for those labels just because on satellite radio recently they were playing the classic rock station and they were playing Green Day Dookie songs, right. they were playing Pearl Jam. Because we're all old now. Classic. Right, I know, I know. I know. Well, we're not that's just it. What we listen to as kids is now classic. Because you think classic about it. whatever the fuck. So, okay. I know why my parents hated me as a so kid. So think about like, that when we were teenagers or pre-teens yeah we were listening to 70s rock it's true and that was 20 that was two decades yeah green day is two decades ago yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it might have came i'm just out saying i mean yeah. pretty close i mean you rounded up it's 18 yeah. years yeah. what it's but you know what weirds me out is you see like tweens now mm -hmm. and they're like they're not hearkening back to the stuff we listen to. They're listening to classic rock again. <laughs> Everybody has to have like a Led Zeppelin time right. of their life. Right. Mine actually is happening now <laughs> because I inherited an entire two walls of uh, classic rocky stuff. Well, I don't know who do you inherit that from? Uh, Free Cycle. No way. Someone posted to Free Cycle. They're like, I have crates of records in my garage and it's all classic rock and sort of bar rock and I yeah. was like whatever I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm there I'm there <laughs> give it to me and uh, I've been digging my way through it there's a it's funny because you got Inagata Vita mm. <laughs> you got it on 45 now and I've got it on 45 from Hickory and the 45s that was one of the first record two. records I ever heard my dad had like a pretty old like record collection that my brother since he's two years older got it he stole it very early on and he sold a lot of the records <sighs> earlier on when they were still worth when records were still worth money yeah i mean you know yeah anyway but that's what he does for a living now he runs a record store he sells nice. old records and weird records you always talk highly of his of his Wait, music taste uh, santa rosa the last record store hmm. i mean he is the manager, he's not the owner, but they, it's, I mean, it's called The Last Record Store. It's been around for 30 years. Yeah, I've been um, out there a few times. It's kind of like, it's like the, the, the indie shop up in Santa Rosa. My brother is totally record store geek. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, he is a total music bitch, though. I mean, just like such the oomph degree. S bitch as in snob, like, or just... Yeah, yes, eh. yes, yes. Like music, I mean, music snob, I mean... What, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's like his wife, and I'm just gonna think that he's never gonna listen to this podcast. <laughs> 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 
you know, his wife is, you know, said to us that she's like, she won't even listen to music when he's around for her fear. And it's not like she listens to bad music. She actually, she likes. She My li- wife won't listen to music when I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think I may fall into that same <laughs> category. category. You know, it's, I just feel like it, it's give and take. I know at home, like, you know, I, even in our immediate group of friends, I'm, I'm known as the house guy, but like the majority of music I listen to is not house. And, you know, and it's like when I'm at home, like I never want to listen to house when I'm around my wife. Like, I mean, it's like, it takes all the fun out of it. I don't know. This is the first time the needles ever touched this record. Oh, scratch with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, are you gonna give some background to this? You know, this is okay. So this is Rave Wars. It's from Balkan Vinyl, uh, B A L K Y N, I believe it is. Um, I sent Mike some links, so I'll make sure he puts that on the show notes. But Mike sent me a link one day, and it was for um, this one, which is. Rave Wars, The Hardcore Strikes Back, and uh, it's... It's really good. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like I said, it's like like 90s break, like like pre-jungle yeah. breaks. Yeah. Um, very ravey. It's yeah. very ravey. Very prodigy and chemical brother. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, with tons of samples in it. Um, but yeah, it came packaged with a vintage action figure. Uh, this one came with uh, Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi without her poncho. That's rad, isn't it? <laughs> it's good. Yeah, so I couldn't pass it up being a Star Wars collector and I didn't even know, I didn't even listen to it. It was just like, wow, the packaging on that is awesome. Um, yeah, I'll fork it out. And with the exchange um, and shipping from England, it was it worked out like 20 bucks a record. So it's the most expensive little record I've ever bought. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I got the MP3s so I can listen to them at home or whenever I want to. But you uh, download them or did they give you a free download? They give you a free download. It's on Bandcamp, so okay. even though the vinyl's now sold out, you okay. can buy the tracks. Awesome. Bandcamp is my favorite thing in the world. How many there tracks are there? Four. There's four, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because there's there's two of them. There's Rave Wars. So, so I ordered the first one and I got in. There were 400, I think, released. I got one of them. And, uh, and they came with like a POG. From 1996, what? when we re-released the uh, a pog. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I have it here. It's they, from re- they love the pog. I, I love records that come with crazy packaging. Yeah, it's nowadays. from when they did the special edition trilogies in, the, in like 97. Is this a 45 wrong, or is this like the classic pin? Do you need the adapter to make this no. one? No, it's small just, hole. Uh, that's why I was wondering if the pog had been punched out of the. Oh, center. that would have been oh, funny. That would have been cool. Missed too. Perfect opportunity. The details in here. It's like Walker's <laughs> Snack Foods LTD. This is, they probably yeah. had this laying around from when yeah. they picked up a lot the, on eBay or something. The figures on them are classic. Are real original press figures. Yeah, they just, right. They just blister packed them on, so that's somebody found that and threw it in. Oh, yeah, like Hickory said, when. So I got this in on the first lot. On here. Yeah, I got in on the first lot of their. The second one, Ray Wars 2, and uh, the Hardcore Strikes Back. And. Once they notified me, they're like, thanks for your purchase, it sold out, you know, it was awesome. They said, by the way, we're redoing Rave Wars 1. Um, so I got in on that, and that recently sold out too. <coughs> I didn't get a pog in that, but like Hickory was saying, you know, they probably got a whole bunch of other figures somewhere, and they're like, oh, let's repress it, and we've got a whole bunch of more figures to yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. You know, they probably buy a big lot of the figures off well, eBay I mean, or something. You can, go to gra- you can go to garage sales in any midway town and always find a handful of original Star Wars figures in varied conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try that one on the Darth Vader side. So I like this already. Yeah, this is kind of dirty. <laughs> this is a lot dirty. Is it dubstep? Yeah. 
Alright, talk amongst yourselves. I have to go make sure that the dude goes back to sleep. Okay. Bring me uh, another beer when you come back? I can do that. Yeah. Like a, treat her well. <laughs> She's so small. Yeah, I haven't. Leia's hair is busted. Busted. You said you have digital of this? Yeah. Yeah, you need to give them to me. <laughs> can we say that on the air? The mic's we just we did. can say whatever we want to on the yeah. air now. I need this, Whit. <laughs> Isn't this great? It's awesome. This yeah, is really good. Lacey came walking out on the patio and was like, you, can't you can see her kind of bobbing her head. You and then suddenly the lightsaber went off. And she's like, what the fuck is this? You can't share these with her. No. <laughs> just us. <laughs> one of them has an awesome Lando breakdown. Break. The one finds like, hello, what do we have here? But again, then it, what the bass drops in on one of them. I think it's on probably the other side of the first record we listened to. So in like 90, 2000, 2001, I was at uh, this rave at 85th and Baldwin. It was massive. And... Uh, who was there? I saw MC Question Mark and some other. Remember MC Ari? Like, yeah, he was that like dude from LA. Was that uh, he'd, he'd be in all the jungle rooms down there and come up. Anyway, whatever. I'm on like, so I'm really high on acid, and um, like, I you know I was just totally overwhelmed by the entire party, and I went to the uh, the drum and bass room, mm-hmm. and I just had this weird. It was totally hallucinogenic epiphany I was like I need to sell my records and I need to become a drum and bass DJ <laughs> and I was like that's it and I was totally convinced for like the rest of that evening and when the drugs wore off so it's a dream yes learn how to play drum and bass. When you say I'm going to get turntables for Christmas, I mean I'm going to ask my parents for turntables for Christmas. (laughs) Because I knew knew the limits of what I could ask for for my parents. So I was like, Dad, I'm living with you right now. This is what I want. I really want it. And he's like, you don't want anything else? I was like, I don't want a penny more. He's like, okay, here's the money. You know, you you want to go buy it? Fine, you buy it, but you... Can't, you have to rabbit yourself, and you can't have them until Christmas. <laughs> and so I called my mom. Mom's like, "We're gonna take you on a cruise," and I'm like, "Fuck a cruise! I want a turntable. I already have my dad on board for one. I want the other." And so, after many talks and many kind of heated discussions, I got my second turntable. And so I went to Leo's, bought the pair, took them home, put them all together, opened them up, looked at them. It was like, yeah. And then my dad came home and he's like, all right, put them back in the box, wrap them, put them under the tree. You have a month and a half until you get to play with them. And luckily, Steffi had a mixer, so like pretty much Christmas morning, it was like 7 o'clock, I was like, sun's up, it's Christmas, go wake up the parents. And me and her were sitting on the coffee table. Wait, how old are you? This was 99, so 22, 23. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, because I had just moved here, so I was living with the parents, and so like all of Christmas Day was like pretty much me, Steffi, and my stepbrother sitting down to run through her record collection, which was like one small crate of sure of hullabaloo it was like some trance, trance. So it was like some it, it was like some bad trance it was some 80s it was some weird random records you know <laughs> but yeah that was yeah, but, I gotta go buy these yeah but then drum and yeah. bass oh, for, for days and we lucked out on the order and nice. we skipped the bad song so yeah. cool yeah Sports you just need to give song. me the MP3. Wait, how bad? What's the bad song? Is it not bad meaning bad? It's not bad. Is yeah. it the Jar Jar breaks? No, there are no Jar Jar. It's all. Oh, they missed the perfect opportunity. It's all a, tr- no, a trilogy. Instead of Jar Jar breaks, Jar Jar breaks. Oh, I bet you there's there's a DJ Tools album out there called Jar Jar breaks. Yeah. Hopefully it's nothing but the robot chicken Jar Jar comments. Probably. If there's not, uh, we should probably press that up this week. 
Yeah, we this can get really it on the good. Uh, this is really good. Well, this is like, I mean, I gotta say, I mean, I was expecting much worse. I don't know. You can pretty much drop that wherever and it's gonna be good. This is Iceberg Slim. Mm. Yeah, so the whole record is pretty much like this. And he's just like, yeah, I remember when I was 25. See, you and need I got to... these three cold bitches down on my junk. You need to uh, figure out how to digitize stuff so you can put this. You need to share it. Not talking about stealing music in there. Sharing. We're sharing through the podcast. <laughs> Son. It appears to me you hate your mama. <laughs> Doc, I pleaded. I want to be fair. Can't I make it up some way? From the stars, he sighed. Right? I just want to lie on the floor in a dimly lit room and listen to this whole album. Yeah. Satan's pet. Satan's pet. I had nobody. You pay your mama dead. Hey, your mama dead. Back to the cell. That's the name of this track, by the way. Was mama dead. <laughs> mama dead. Mama dead. My dead. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta pay back that mama dead. Shortly, I had show with his basket. He brought a letter from Ray in LA. This is <laughs> and it's all we had to tell. <laughs> all of us here. I mean, look at that cover. Just, for those out in podcast land, oh, it's a waterfall. He's sitting in front of. No, no it's ice. 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 He's ice. ice. He's sitting this on is iceberg slim, and he's sitting on a mountain of like ice cubes. He must be in like an ice factory warehouse. Yeah. Well, no, it's half of it because it's a mirror image. So only, only like, only like, it's called reflections. Yeah, no, reflections. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting on an iceberg and the picture is reflected. Yeah. Yeah. He's all chesty and he's got that huge medallion with the, with the cravat around his neck. How many hoes do you think he had? A lot. A lot. Have you ever seen American Pit? No. You haven't? No. It's a documentary or a Documentary. Yeah. It's really, really good. Awesome. But they talk about this book a lot in the movie that the... Yeah, this was like basically the book when it was released um, inspired like countless pimps. Yeah. Um, and when you read the book, it is like you have to read it slow, like because it is so full of slang and jargon, and like you really need like the like a, a legend or code in the back to like because there's just like there's just different names for different types of people and you're like this is a universe <laughs> they write the book in jive <laughs> yeah yeah i agree with you i kind of want to like lay down with the lights <laughs> and listen yeah. to this whole album yeah please don't leave me alone big fat joint <sighs> or you know yeah like eat some mushrooms open oh, would be yeah. really great during icebergs like the sugar He's got like the topic of the conversation is one thing, but like you just I just want to like listen to him read like menus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like in quarter pound burger. In depth with garlic. I don't remember like there's no track listing. There's a great song about that involves like peeing in a toilet, and I can't remember where it is on here. But I think you should just drag you know whatever yeah. make a word. Mike, did you ever find a hip hop record that mentioned hitting someone with a bottle from the dollar bin? Oh yeah, yeah. Bottle action. Oh, the instrumental of that on the wrong speed is really good. Yeah, there's a great song about. God. About peeing in the toilet. I don't remember, man. That's been a long time. I, I, I can see this being quite a stage. Beginning of a song, we'll have a toilet flushing. Alright, we're gonna keep running for it then. <laughs> keep running for it. Unless I'm high and I have two, and I, I might have two Blowfry records, and I hope. Shit. Now he's in doubt. How much 
Oh yeah, you should play this. Yeah. I think this is... See? Oh, that's good. It's, that's so sample. It's funky, yeah. and then he, like, all his lyrical content is just dirty. Are you, do you digitize any of those to use with Serato? I don't know how to digitize things. Oh yeah, girl in the red, come give me some head. Yeah. Pussy all up in your back. Let's fuck on the ground. Yeah, Tony, I think you gave up the title of being the house guy a couple of years ago when you just started posting YouTube videos of stuff of like this and stuff, and it's just, you were the dirty, funky guy. <laughs> Let's see. I'm still stoked that you, you know, knew more Finders Keepers shit than I did. <laughs> Man, I still get emails from Doug Shifton too. We're still in contact. Nice. He wasn't impressive. Though. It's kind of fucking it's kind rad. Of like weird remolds. Like, like seriously. Yeah, like when we get back to my house, like I can so pull annoying. my figures out of the closet so and we can good. match them. Everything they've sent out on that uh, Make You and Men series they did. I'm not familiar with that one. So, you know how a lot of their stuff burned in the warehouse? Oh, yeah. Fire stuff. Right. So they put out a series of CDs that was a subscription. Uh -huh. That was uh, various artists digging through the Finders Keepers back catalog and doing compilations. Oh, cool. And essentially, because it's CD only, subscription only, though I think you can buy the individual CDs now, um, the idea was to get like an influx when they had just no fucking product to help pay to, to press up more stuff. But they're just so good. Like, they are. Because it's it's this beautiful cross-section of everything Finders Keepers has put out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a really awesome mix by uh, Gas Lamp Killer. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, have you heard that Finders Keepers mix? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. so it's so good. And like and I didn't like I had heard that. I was like, this is amazing. I didn't really know he's like a a big like dubstep guy. Like he's like huge. It, it, it was more Gas down. He was more down, weird eccentric. He's, down he's from the LA beat scene, which right. is sort of like not. Not like it's not like hip hop beats, but it's it's like electronic guys influenced by hip hip hop yeah. kind of bassy. Yeah. So there's there's definitely like a, a dubstep crossover, but I wouldn't think of, of um, GLK as being dubstep. Yeah. He's he's a, He's his own weird fucking thing. I I got I subscribed to that podcast, the um, the low end theory, the low end theory. theory. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I I've heard a couple of his mixes just to check it out, and it was definitely more. I mean, Dan, I'm I'm just like I'm at this point where I'm just like it's basically you play you play dance music or, something, yeah. or you play or you play you play like mellow music. You know, it's like I don't know, like I don't give. A, I'm just I'm I'm over categorizing awesome. anything. It's just like it's too. Weird. I have uh, yeah, I have somewhere. The full DJ. But knowing that he's more of a, of a name, it's like, I mean, I've seen him on emails. He'll yeah. play parties in the city. That's more of a like, dance oriented party. Yeah. But that whole Finders Keepers mix is very unique. You know, it's yeah, not, it's not. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. Yeah. Have, you, have you heard um, Ganja Sufi? Because heard the name. Because uh, Gaslamp did most of the production for his album. Oh, okay. And it's it's the it has a lot the same feel as that Finders Keepers mix. Oh, okay. So it's, it's all these like weird, like you know, Angolan funk records. Okay, cool. Edits and then then Ganja Sufi wraps over it all in this sort of like. It, he's okay. It's it's a record worth buying. Okay, I'll check it out. Um, so on our way, you know, on the way back from plunge, you know, Doug Chipton was you know stayed at our house that following yeah. night, and so it was fun having like the conversation of like, all right, so <laughs> I'm just gonna start throwing questions your way. So what the fuck? Like, do you like? Do you guys, because like, really, Finders Keeper is really just three guys. It's yeah. like him, it's Andy, Votel, and one other guy. And um, 
and yeah, he Doug basically manages the record label. Yeah. And Andy and the other guy, <coughs> they pretty much just go to countries and yeah, they go record digging and Where they have from their, originally. What's that? Where are they from originally? If they're, they're all England. Like, yeah, they're all UK yeah. guys. All UK guys. And they go to like Pakistan and India and they just find these just like amazing, cool, weird Amazing, records. cool, weird records and re-release them. Yeah. And so it's just cool to hear like these great stories of like, because so, like oftentimes, you know, like most of the records are, are old, right? Yeah. And uh, there's this record, I don't know if you heard any of the Sam Spence stuff. Um, anyway, like really old, kind of um, very strange, weird synth music that's, yeah, weird, just weird shit. And <clears throat> they approached him saying, hey, you know, we want to re-release that old, you know, that old, that, some of this, this, this old record that you put out. And he's just like, who the fuck are you guys? You're like, that stuff is garbage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what are you, are you, you know, and you, they had to like really convince him to let them do it. <laughs> Oh, is this the Powder Puff Girls? Yeah. Oh I love that it's actually legit. No, it's legit. There's an Ursula 1000 remix. It really looks like the record's made of bubblegum. It's that horrible pink. Cartoon Network has been really good about the, like, tie-in records. There, there are at least three records in this room. Not counting this one, <laughs> that are Cartoon Network releases. Damn, this is a Cartoon Network release. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is just good times right here. Yeah. Opening song for your plunge set this year. Yeah, I'm telling you, this some of the stuff on the, uh, the rave on wars? the star on the rave wars. Yeah, drum and bass is coming back in a big way. It's not just for car commercials anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> You're right. Drum base will live forever in car commercials. And video games. Man, Unreal Tournament, all the Unreals, so much drum base. I'm dreading yeah. the day they turn it into dubstep. I cried a little. You know what's funny? Dubstep's is in all the movie commercials now. It's really funny. Well, that red, that Red Tails, that new airplane movie that George. That Lucas one's got. Produced. Yeah, that's got it. But th it's it's been in it before. Yeah, Music-wise, you're gonna hate that movie. No. Yeah. You're gonna hate that movie because that it? movie looks like it's gonna be a horrible. You saw it? Yeah, I saw it. Red Tails. It's. I mean, it's fun. It's an action movie, but it's. Got Wait, the... you're unemployed. You can't spend money on things like that anymore. <laughs> Come on, George Lucas's name is on it. Unless it's Indiana Jones or Star Wars, you can't see it. Yeah. Or a re-release of THX. What about Howard the Duck? What about it? <laughs> Dude, I would go see Howard the Duck in a theater. I saw it in the theater originally. The monster was really cool, but that was pretty much the only cool part of the and fucking the, movie. I want, the whole movie was great. Uh, I want some really artsy hipsters to make Howard the Duck the musical, like live Broadway play style. I really want that to happen. I'm just gonna put that out there on the internet. Can it be a one room play? Yeah. Because that's really taking it to the hipster pretentious level. Like, we're gonna do the whole movie, but only in one room, one set, everything already worked out. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be fine with that. Art, well, I don't yeah, know, because right. they did they all of that. the... Uh, that's my favorite part about the movie is watching it, because it was all filmed in like Sonoma County in San Francisco, and so I recognize everything yeah. in it. Well, the majority of the majority of Hollywood movies have been filmed in New York and then San Francisco. San Francisco more yeah, than they're, L.A. They're doing... They use San Francisco for movies about New York because... Uh, Mr. Newsom likes to rent streets in San Francisco yeah, for cheaper than New York will rent streets. Yeah. So I, I got locked in a club <laughs> one night because they were they were turning the street we were on into New York in the like early 80s and they just kept running the same cars like down the street and everyone would reverse and then go again. Oh my and then, god. There's just like a lady with a clipboard and every time we tried to leave the club she'd be like, um, can you wait a little longer? Oh my god. And they they brought, so all the cars are like early 80s cars. It's like, fuck, how'd you get that? <laughs> can we steal that car? <laughs> well that's like whenever they shut down half of Emeryville because Matt Damon was filming all of 
two minutes of a movie at a cafe. In the, in the fucking nondescript building across the street from yeah from us. That place, and, like yeah he was and it was it was like how they needed a building in Emeryville to shoot this because it was essentially a concrete wall with a door and that was like they just had him walking in the door. That was all they were using it for. But that, they were there they, for the they whole shut down the street for a week. week. Hmm. While they were getting lights, there was big buses and 18-wheelers, all the gear and stuff, all set up. People everywhere. It was like, wow. Hollywood's weird. Clint Eastwood is directing this weird Matt Damon flick. And Matt Damon's here for all of 15, 20 seconds of... Dexter's Laboratory. Nice. (laughs) Prince Paul. Doing... Yeah, I like Cartoon Network's promotion, especially some of the Adult Swim stuff and the, uh, but even just like the promos. Like I saw a, a Japanese promo for Dexter's Laboratory, way cooler than anything I'd ever seen. Not that I'm watching a lot of Cartoon Network, but, but yeah, uh, than anything I've seen around here. They kind of have some. They Cartoon really Network. It really has some. Is Squidbillies on Cartoon Network? No, no. that's Adult that's Swim. Adult Swim. That's adult adult swim. But that's, that's Cartoon Network. Uh, that's Cartoon but Network. Mm-hmm. Adult oh, Swim yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Squidbillies Space Prison. They get there was the, stuff I don't like. As there's much, the Space Jail yeah. or whatever it is. Super Jail. Super Jail. Mm-hmm. There's the I heavy metal Molly like Hatch. Crazy mo- hardcore about Super Jail. And I, I, have, I haven't managed to make it through like half a minute of that. Yeah. Like Archer, I know a lot of people who love Archer, and it's like a second or third season, and I'm just now starting to see like Keep where they to watch it. Where they get to a point where I'm just like, <clears throat> I thought about laughing at this joke, yeah. but it's mostly it's just weird flash animation that. I think they're like I like parts of Archer. Some people really love it and understand it. And I don't understand those people. Well, and I like it. But it's unfair in the sense that I like it for reasons that it's not funny on its own merit. Because I love Jessica Walters because I think about uh, Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I mean, I just, because I, I think about her when she says that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, John Benjamin. I love, I love home movies. Mm-hmm. So like, I just like, I'm associating that character with another character. So yeah. it's actually not fair. Yeah. For like that show, if I had never seen nostalgia, right? If I had not seen those other shows, yeah. I would not. I, I I probably wouldn't like it. Well, some of those things where you get those group efforts of people who have that sort of cult following. Some of them, if you don't really get the inside joke, you don't get the show. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> but Squidbillies, man, that is some like... demented, fucked up good times. <laughs> I've I've actually been I've actually been in the living room and Taylor's been like asleep in the other room and come out and she's like, "Is that Squidbillies?" And I'm like, no, why? She's like, I'm about to say I hate that shit. Turn that shit off. I'm like, you were sleeping. <laughs> you were snoring. But somehow the horribleness of Squidbillies could tap into someone's soul to be like, I'm on. And I'm ridiculously <clears throat> stupid. It is ridiculously <laughs> stupid. <laughs> but I feel like in the right headspace, it's ridiculously stupid in just the right way. Yeah, yeah and yeah. exactly. But man, that- if you're not actually in the headspace for it, you're like, this is horrible. That's what like Aqua Teen Hunger Force Yeah, it's like Aqua Teen yeah. Hunger Force. It's like there's people who love that show, and I'm just like, this is this is hurting me. Look, I mean, look at this. Look, I like Squidbillies uh, so much more than Aqua Teen. I like, well, no, not so much more. I shouldn't say it. Aqua Teen, actually, there's certain episodes I think are so good. which are really good. And there's other episodes I was like, mm-hmm. I miss C-Lab like, 2020. Didn't, didn't yeah. hit the thing. C-Lab uh, 2020 really had, like, yeah. toward the last, like, last couple, se- last two yeah, seasons, they had really hit some, they had really hit some genius content. So good. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. C-Lab 2020 was truly brilliant. I just got introduced to, and I don't know if it was on Adult Swim or not, but Samurai, Samurai Champloo. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a I, weird I had seen show. the first episode a long time ago, and for some reason, because I kept seeing it Netflix streaming, and it got recommended to me a few times, um, and I was like, no, no, I'd seen that, and I didn't, you know, for some reason I didn't think I liked it, and then at the night I was bored and I started watching it, and I don't know, are you familiar with it, Tony? Uh, I haven't started watching, but Netflix keeps thinking that they keep they think I'll give it's, it five stars. It's hilarious. It's DJ culture because it's got all these like, like the beginning. It actually like 
the, the it's all this really cool sort of Japanese an, uh, animation, very stylized, like traditional kind of right, stuff right. with uh, simple clouds. Like, yeah. yeah, and then suddenly you realize the sun is like the center of a DJ or of a record spinning, and then like the title credits are right there on the center of the label. Okay. And lots of times during the show, it's got a cool kind of a hip hop beat to it. Uh-huh. Um, does deals with some really cool stories, like uh, you know, deals with drugs and theft and gangs and rape and yeah yeah if you've got a song from it put it on there i'd like to hear some of it um but they also do they're like they'll start to tell a story and then they'll like they'll do a flashback to a couple days before and suddenly everything sort of goes like you're scratching back and forth and the animation goes with it the sound goes with it then it cuts to you know half an hour before or two days ago or right yeah this is totally the feel of the show it's fucking dope. I picked this up in Salt Lake City in some like weird little record store that was like a converted house. Mm-hmm. So you like, you, well, I went upstairs and like into this front room and this was the thing that jumped out at me and I was like, well that looks kind of interesting. Let me, let me needle drop across it and it was like, this is good. Had you seen the show before, or? No? I've never seen the show, actually. Oh, really? Oh, no, I recommend it. The show is quality. Um, now that I know that it's on uh, the Netflix, I'll be picking it up. Yeah. It's definitely got that sort of, like... The jazzy hip-hop thing. Yeah, jazzy hip-hop, so, like, late 80s kind of jazzy hip-hop, and then, like, mid-90s, <coughs> like, the down-tempo scene. Yeah. Really, like... <coughs> Is all over this. That's why it really got me into trip hop. Was that that uh, just kind of hip hop sound? Uh, you know, hearing people like you remember hearing Benji and Shome up mm-hmm. in Sonoma. I loved their trip hop sets. Somewhere I've got a Shome mixtape. Do you cassette somewhere over there? Unless it's already like snuck out of here. Yeah, I'm bummed. I had mm-hmm. I had a couple of Shome ones and a couple of Benji ones. And, they're gone. But I realized that Benji he goes by Centipede now or something. It's right. been popping up recently. Oh yeah, Benji Mofona. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he's really good friends with uh, Joe Rice and uh, Jose. Okay. Like, he's he would, put a couple of albums out that are oh, really God, good. Oh god, his I Cry EP was awesome. So good. It was funny because him and I went to the same elementary school together. He was like a year older than I was. And uh, we don't remember each other, but we remember like the crowds that we hung out with and yeah. stuff. And I remember one night hanging out with him shortly after meeting him at a party, and he's just like drunk and apologizing. He's like, "Man, if I ever made fun of you in elementary school, because I know my friends do." He's like, "I'm sorry," because <laughs> <laughs> he's this super goofy, nerdy, skinny guy. You know, I can't see him ever being mean or yelling at anybody. I saw him open for Bonobo at Fat City, and. He had a drummer, and he was doing he was doing turntable <clears throat> stuff, and uh, he had a singer, and it was pretty good. And he like he was doing really simple but really awesome beat juggling, <laughs> like not trying to do the whole like look what I can do, but actually like taking a second to like juggle, let something play, and then like I mean you could see his records were just covered in spots, but he would juggle, needle drop over here get something, juggle, juggle, but I mean, like, really taking the time to restructure something instead of just being like, how fast can I just suspend mm-hmm. right. this break for a second? But... Well, that was what was tripping me out. Like, I was talking about the new style of DJing these days, and, like, I saw a video from the DMC championship from the last year or two, mm-hmm. and he's got, like, two or three bays of just these buttons and dials and shit, and then just, like... You know, just like a MIDI controller record going. Every right. once in a while, he'd come back and touch the record and do something. Who? But for the most, I don't remember who was the champion from oh. year or two, last year or two. Do they allow like digital they, shit now? It's all they, digital they shit do. now. They do. They yeah. do. It's kind of sad. He it's never sad. picked up the record. It was always just the same two control records yeah. spinning, yeah. and then uh, it was just constantly just you know See, turning I'm off like that well. sample, turning off that sample, and tweaking. And it sounds awesome. I mean, it's amazing. But and it's not one song playing. But I, I don't know. I just didn't, it doesn't seem much, much fun anymore. I don't know. I I can't tell I what the hell's like going on personally. There was, like there's a, like an amount of like 
I can't believe they're doing this with two records and a mixer mm -hmm. stuff about about the guys who are knocking out the DMC championships. Right. Have them now being like, oh, now I can Serato and I can have any sound in the world. It's like, well, the whole point was you didn't have any sound you wanted. <laughs> right, so like you had to make do you where you could. made the sound you wanted sure. out of <laughs> What is this? This is, this comes into my head because of Man Camp. But this is the uh, oh right the musical oh, yeah. version of War of the Worlds. What were you saying about Nine Inch Nails? Well, ago, didn't yeah, you? I played it at the first man camp that we had turntables okay. at. I'm pretty sure you played it also at your man camp because you put we we were listening the like the it, lost it was, man was, camp. Yes, you the lost man this. camp. I played this because we were doing the play a whole album. Mm -hmm. So I brought a, an album that's a story, a four sides of a story. But this track, like, awesome. there's sounds in it throughout it that make me think of, like, the stuff Trent Reznor is doing now. Hmm. It's like, I can see that. This is awesome. Have you heard his Girl with the Dragon Tattoo soundtrack? Yes. Is it good? It is. Because I really like the Social Network soundtrack. That was... Yeah, that was That cool. is one of the better soundtracks that I think I've heard in the last five, ten years. It's... It, it works perfectly as a soundtrack because, like that and Escape from the Carter, I yeah. mix the instrumentals with the regular Escape from the Carter in order to get, like, remove some of the crappy hip-hop. Because, like, toward the end of that album, just, you want the instrumental stuff of it. Yeah. And, like, that... Have you guys heard Escape from the Carter? Oh, it's so funny. What is that? So this guy took um, the soundtrack to Escape from New York and, uh... Little, Little Wayne's, Wayne's the Carter uh, the three. Carter three, and he he took the. <laughs> I need he to just hear. like <laughs> you did. It was at man camp this year. Oh wow! Whenever the jam box seemed like it was glitching out on Saturday when we were by the river, and people were like, "What the hell is going on?" We'd be like, "No, no, just <laughs> let it be." <laughs> that was the album. Be that way. <laughs> yeah. It was a crazy day. I understand, but. I will I will send you the link. It's free at, and at sp22. Yeah. Com, sp33. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, get the instrumental I'll album it, too. I'll put it in the show it's... notes. The instrumental album is a zip file download of wave files. Nice. <laughs> and and the regular with vocals is uh, just MP3. It's Sounds good. Awesome. It's it's yes. awesome. Well, it's really, really good. So funny that you know you mentioned the. Yeah, Escape from New York, because I, I just saw that movie for John the first Carpenter. time. John Carpenter, soundtrack oh, really? and movie. Have you yeah. ever seen it? So, isn't it a fa yeah, he did the soundtrack, too. Like, is that a little interesting? Like, that he did the soundtrack? He did that for The Thing, he, too. He, he, done he that did the soundtrack to most of his early movies. Halloween, and, The and Thing. He, he did it because oh. he couldn't afford to have someone do the music. <laughs> so, he didn't know anything about music. For the first movie, he was just like, "All right, I gotta figure out these cheap synthesizers <laughs> to make some sort of soundtrack." Yeah, and that was and then, before it was so, so I mean, not Garage Band and yeah, this is all yeah. like figuring it out as he went, and yeah. he did that for most of his early movies because it was awesome. like if he did it himself with his little slowly pieced together home studio, yeah. he, he didn't have to pay anybody else <laughs> to do it. Yeah. <laughs> And it was another source of, of like royalty payments and, and stuff. some of the things that he and some of the things really that he was good. making yeah. were also looped in with his movies like some of the sounds he was making off the soundtrack were also used in the sound editing for the thing and then they brought them back for the prequel that came out last year which was oh did they really Tasty. Was it a good one? Oh, it's so good. Especially okay. especially if you're a fan of the original thing, to watch the original and then go back and watch the prequel, even if you've already done that in the last four hours, you really want to go back and watch the thing again just so you can look at all the things that he did. Because it's really... It, really, it's you awesome. just watch them in chronological but no, order rather but, than release but, order. We, yeah, we thought... you. But if you've, ne if you've never seen the thing... Maybe, but still, there's so much that's happening in the original movie that makes the prequel make sense in its tie-in that I think you'd almost be lost if you watched the prequel and you would almost be disappointed because you've been given all these clues and all these things that you weren't given in the original. That almost sounded like a John Carpenter yeah. sound right there. 
It was like reading the. It would be like reading the last two Harry Potter books to understand the Deathly Hollows, and then going back through the series and rem and and reading the other five. Mm. Yeah, if I did that, I'd want to reread six and seven. Exactly, because you're like, oh, now I know all the games mm -hmm. and the clues, and I can. But they they definitely they definitely added some some good shit. Nice. It's a lot of fun. Lots um, of things. So did you enjoy Escape from New York? I loved it. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, okay. I thought it was really good. You should watch Escape from Precinct 13. It's another John Carpenter's movie that's very... I mean... Okay, I keep seeing it, and I'm like, I should watch that one these nights, but finally somebody said... No. I've seen it. Oh, don't do it. I saw it years ago. I mean, I was. A, I mean, I saw it like yeah. after it came out. Yeah. Did you have any idea that there was an Escape from New York that was I, previous I, to that? Yeah, I mean, I knew that there was, but I mean, at the time, because it was so much later. Like that movie came out when I was a teenager, so I was yeah, a fucking no. teenager, so I watched it. And you know, this is before there was access to, you know, online. True. I could get a DVD. It was before I had like a you know movie. I couldn't go to a video. I didn't have like a. A video store subscription, so mm -hmm. and I didn't really give a shit if I did, you know. Like somebody was asking me about like the how I first time I saw Star Wars, I'm like I was born the same year that Star Wars came out, so I obviously didn't go see it in the theaters. I was right. like four months at that time. Sure. But and there wasn't VHS and it wasn't you know showing on regular TV that often when we were kids, or at least when I was a kid growing up in the '80s. Um, but I got introduced to it through the radio dramas that they had on PBS. Um, and my mom had like set the alarm to go and record cassette tapes of that so that whenever mm. we were driving her nuts, she could put on. <coughs> oh, so you talk radio. Yeah. Get you to shut the hell up. Yeah. They're new kids. I just think about kids these days, like compared to all the gadgets. Kids yeah. these days oh, with ridiculous. their access to everything that's ever come out before. Well, Tony, you're over 30 finally, so do you kind of feel that now? Like every once in a while, you're a parent now, too. I mean, I felt that before I was a parent, you know, I, I, you know, you know, hate for this musical podcast to turn into a parenting podcast. But no, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying, no, 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 no parenting at all. It's just, do you ever get that, like, get off my lawn, you damn kids? Or well, yeah, like... but I've had that for a decade, you know, like, I've had that before, like, when I was still a kid, I was thinking that, like, you know, yeah, that. I was a grumpy old man when I was, like, before 14. You... Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was. I think that I don't. You know, a lot of our friends, I guess, had, probably had a similar feeling in their teenage years that they didn't really belong in the status quo per se. So, like, you didn't agree. It was like the same feeling of not agreeing with what people are doing because they're idiots. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just basically transpired into the younger <laughs> kids are idiots, but they're already idiots because they weren't really thinking seen eye to eye to you anyway? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm making sense here, my waxing nonsense. No, no. You, We're all just preaching to the choir. But totally, totally preaching to the choir. I'm so, just asking, is this somewhere I'm, over the rainbow? This is somewhere over the rainbow. I'm bringing it right back to Mecco where we started. Oh, gosh. With Mecco does the Wizard of Oz. Please tell me you have Mecco does Close Encounters. I don't have Close Encounters. I do have somewhere in the seven inches. I have Mecco does the Raiders of the Lost Ark theme. But it's horrible, no good, very bad. I, I'm, it's not allowed to be played again. <laughs> Steffi has Mecha Close Encounters. You I'm still trying to find. He put one out for Return, yeah, Return of the Jedi, and it's you know the the Ewoks song at the end, yeah. Yub Yub. Yeah. He's got a disco version of Yub Yub. <laughs> Mecha. It's, awesome. Yeah, it's so fucking good. Mecha Monardo. Dude, this the back cover is the, hot. The artwork is awesome. Like that, I wish yeah. they would bring back kind of like that retro sci-fi style for some of the stuff. What you can appreciate about like what we just heard mm -hmm. is that there was like a shit ton of people involved in yeah, making there that. Yeah, there was there was no no machines. Right. That was that was a band. That yeah. was a band. That, that was, was a very was large a band. Large band. So let's go back to uh, Escape from New York. When I watched it recently, mm -hmm. it just it just you reminded me how much I really missed like homemade special effects, yeah. like and just settings and scenes and like shit that's just not made on a computer. Um, I mean, they had to be really inventive back then, and 
I, I just I really appreciate that, and I'm I'm hoping that in Hollywood there is a resurgence of, you know, more. I don't know more like creating doing creating, it real. Yeah, doing it real. Um, but that was the one thing about the the prequel to the thing, is like of the all the special effects that they had, all the creature work, mm-hmm. like over fifty percent of that were people in costumes with prosthetics, like fake prosthetics and audio animatronics do mm-hmm. being these creatures and mm-hmm. lots of really conventional makeup work. Or Drive. We saw Drive and it was like there's no special effects in Drive. Very special. Well, I mean, <laughs> but I mean like the cars. Like they the did Muppets. all the car crashes. <laughs> Dude, he, he stomps somebody's head. Well, no, all of the blood. All of the blood stuff. You but actually I'm talking about see the car his car. head like... Yeah, the car. But I'm talking about all the car work was lots. Like there was like outside of like the blood spurts and the ultra violence. There's nothing. I I it's just heard about Drive earlier tonight. It's way good. The soundtrack. Yeah. The soundtrack is excellent. And that's yes. what I heard specifically. The soundtrack was amazing. Oh, it's so good. It gets you in so the super 80s, and yet somehow you are future and not cold. You were sold 15 minutes into the movie on the yeah. sound and soundtrack. It, the movie, <laughs> like the soundtrack in the movie. Like I don't think I could listen to the music from that, the the movie outside of with the movie. It's okay. so like they so the tied it together. Yeah, it's, it's a package, package. Yeah. and it's and it doesn't like when you first start watching the movie and the music kicks in, you're like, this doesn't feel like the right music for what I think this movie is. And even if you were right about what you thought the movie was, <laughs> the music turns out to be exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think there's probably enough material in here of music and general bullshittery. So I'm gonna say this has been Dollar Bin Sins with our guests Tony Witt and Hickory, who you can find online or uh, in audio at probably SoundCloud and other areas. It'll all be linked in the place and the thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for listening. No, that's what it was. It was Everybody Fuck Now. You had the Everybody Fuck Now record. Oh, Sissy Penis Factory. I still have that. So... I can't believe I have that.